Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. Well, um, I want to get right into the heart of tonight and the heart of Christmas. And I want to have you turn in your Bibles, if you have a Bible with you in Luke chapter one. And I've been really, really meditating on this passage of scripture for a few days because I've I've been anticipating sharing things from a different point of view about Christmas because it's such a different year, 2020. And with such a different year, I just wanted to ask the Lord to really give me a different perspective on Christmas in this season, in this year, and how powerful that it can be. And not just as a tradition and not just as a moment in time, but something that will really um, catapult us to the best life that God has created us for and the, the best joy and the greatest peace, the greatest fruit of the spirit that we could ever eat of and, and experience. And so I'm going to take you to a, to Luke, where before Jesus was born, before Mary became pregnant with Jesus, her cousin Mar- uh, Elizabeth had become pregnant with John the Baptist. And the story of Zacharias in this passage of scripture has really amazed me and, and, and kind of made me wonder for many years, why did this happen? How did this happen this way? And so let me preface it by saying before John the Baptist is born and before Jesus is born, there's 400 years of, of human history and 400 years of Jewish history that have gone from the time of the last book of the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, to the book of Matthew or to the first the first word that came in Luke chapter one, in Matthew chapter one, the first word from God. In other words, heaven has been silent for 400 years. And I want you to see how this is such a landmark moment when Zacharias is met by Gabriel, the angel, and it changes all eternity in this moment. It's such a watershed moment. It's one of the most it is really the most pivotal moment in human history after 400 years of God's silence without God's voice, without prophets prophesying for 400 years, the world got darker and darker. That's the amount of time between the last writing of the Old Testament and the first living pages of the New Testament, the living pages, not the words written on in the book, but the people who experienced the voice of God for the first time in 400 years. So all that time, there's no prophecy, there's no promises, there's no angels, there's just silence. Without God's word, there's no light and without light, there's only darkness. And the, the first thing that darkness brings to the human soul is fear. And so God spoke to me and said the gospel, the arrival of the gospel is the end of fear. The arrival of the gospel is the end of fear. You know, having enough money is not the end of fear. Having a lot of friends is not the end of fear. Having the doctors say you're not sick anymore. You're actually healthy. That doesn't end fear. 
The only thing that can truly end fear is the gospel. Do you know the pandemic could go on for years and decades and you would never have to live in fear because of the gospel, because the gospel is the end of fear. It is the end of fear. And tonight is going to be the end of fear in your personal life. Tonight is going to be the end of fear because of how God is going to God has given us seven promises and I'll I won't be able to get through all of them tonight, but I'll carry this over to Christmas morning and our miracle morning service that we'll have and we'll finish this. But the arrival of the gospel is the end of fear. And so I that's why I called this the end of fear, the end of fear. Fear ends here. Fear ends tonight. Fear ends with the arrival of the gospel, the breakthrough of God's splitting open the heavens to send down his love brings an end to the reign of fear over mankind. Do you know the Bible says that even in the midst of terror, you do not have to fear that in the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear that the gospel is the end to fear. And it's the end of fear's reign in your life. It's the end of fear's reign in this world. In Luke chapter one, verse five, it says in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a certain priest named Zacharias. And this is John the Baptist's father and a daughter of Aaron, whose name was Elizabeth. And they were righteous people. Fear leaves when you know you're the righteousness of God. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they both advanced in years. And Zacharias was the high priest that year, the custom of the priestly office. He was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And verse 11, as he's burning incense, nothing like this has ever happened. Remember, it's been 400 years since the voice of God has hit the earth. And the angel of the Lord, verse 11, appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. And Zacharias was troubled when he saw him and fear gripped his soul. Fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayers have been heard. Your prayers have been heard. Now, there's something very powerful about that that I want to get to, but I want you to pause for a moment. He said, do not fear, Zacharias. Why? Number one, because your prayer has been heard. What of one of the great powers that God has given us is the power of prayer. And Zacharias was gripped with fear when this angel came to him and spoke to him. Angel comes out of heaven. This isn't just any old angel. This is Gabriel. This is like there's Michael, there's Gabriel and there was Lucifer, the three archangels. Obviously, Lucifer became Satan. But then there's Michael and there's Gabriel. These are these are the guys, man. These are it. There's nobody. There's nobody greater. These are the 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 the, the angels that take care of the big stuff. You know, <laughs> Some angels taking care of 
helping you get a parking space at the mall when it's cold. Like you can have that, that kind of angel with those kinds of assignments. But we're talking about bringing the heavens to earth, splitting heaven open and coming down to announce this guy's going to him and his wife are going to have a baby when they're it's impossible, just like Abraham and Sarah. They're like Abraham and Sarah. They're old. They're beyond the years of having children. And she was barren her whole life anyway. But they're advanced in years. They're probably 70, 80 years old at least. And he says, your prayer has been heard. Your wife's going to have a son. You're going to give him the name John. John means God is gracious. The name John. God is gracious. Aren't you glad he didn't say you're going to give him a name? It means God's mad at you or God's you know, fed up with you guys, fed up with this world, fed up with your sin. No, he gives him the name John to announce to the world. First time God's speaking to the world in 400 years. And you know what he says? I'm gracious. I'm gracious. I'm the God of all grace. Wow. And he says, and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice in his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and he will drink neither wine nor liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn back many of the sons of Israel to the Lord, their God in the spirit and power of Elijah, turning the hearts of the fathers back to the children. And it says in verse 18. And so Zacharias, all everything's going good up until this moment. Zacharias says to the angel, how shall I know this for certain? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. How can I be certain? And the angel answered and said, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. Wow. I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I've been sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. So far, so good. Verse 20, then this verse <laughs> and behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which shall be fulfilled in their proper time. Whew. Wow. So I want to share with you and I've already shared one of them and I'll get through three or four of these at the max tonight and the rest tomorrow morning. Seven glorious promises to end all fear. Remember what fear does. The Bible says fear brings torment. Fear brings punishment. Fear puts you in bondage. Fear keeps you paralyzed from for going forward. Fear attracts negativity and and trouble in your life. Job said in verse in Job, chapter three, verse twenty five, what I feared has come upon me. Right. And so fear is a powerful force. But I want you to see what happens here, because the first thing that God promises to deliver mankind from fear is this. Your prayer has been heard. God hears when you pray. God hears. Be encouraged today. God might have been silent for 400 years, but he was listening. God might have you might feel like God's been silent 
for the last year of your life. But he's listening. You know, it's funny. The word silent and listen is made up of the same letters, silent and listen. You know, even when God's silent, he's listening. Feels like he's silent. He's listening. He's got you. In fact, this is one of the things that's made me fall in love with with God is in Psalm 116, verse one. It says, I love the Lord because he heard my prayer. I love the Lord because he hears me. He hears my voice. He hears my prayers. You think about that. He hears my voice. You know how the Bible says Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, but your shepherd hears your voice, too. Not only do we get to hear our shepherd's voice, but our shepherd hears our voice. I love the Lord because he hears me. I love how he says it here in this translation. He hears me, not he heard me once. He hears me every time. He hears me in the tough times. He hears me in the good times. He hears me when I praise him. He hears me when I'm crying. He hears me when I'm struggling. He hears me when I'm asking. He's hear me. He hears me when I'm struggling. He hears me when I'm hurting. He hears me when I'm in pain. He hears my voice. He hears my whisper. He hears my thoughts. He hears my shouts. He hears my pain. He hears you. Fear leaves when you realize, number one, he hears you. When you pray, God hears, even though he's been silent for 400 years, he never stops listening. He never stops listening. But then we get into this second reason, the second promise that puts an end to fear. I mean, we're putting the dagger in the soul of fear right now. This next promise blows my mind. It's in verse 18 and it's all around Zacharias and his doubt. And he says, and Zacharias said to the angel, how am I going to how do I know this for certain? In other words, you're going to have to prove this to me for certain, for I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answers and says to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God sent to speak to you and bring you these good, this good news. But behold, you will be not able to speak. You will be silent and not able to speak. One translation says you will be dumb, not being able to speak. The word has been used. It's actual literal definition of being dumb is not being without intelligence. It's not being able to speak. If you put those two thoughts together, um, the dumbest thing you can do is doubt God, right? <laughs> In reality. But he said, my words will be fulfilled. Look at what he says there. My words in the New American Standard translation, I think it says, or New King James, my words will be fulfilled in their own time. My words will be fulfilled in their own time. I want you to hear the second promise that will deliver you from fear and put an end to fear. God's word will be fulfilled in its own time. God's promise will be fulfilled in its own time. 
God's timing is not our timing. We wanted the pandemic to end in 15 days. It didn't. We wanted money in our bank. You know, by the end of last year, we wanted our our bills paid. We wanted our debts canceled. We wanted our body healed and it hadn't happened yet. Listen, God is rearranging things in this world right now. And you need to be encouraged with this reality. God's timing is not our timing, but rest in this truth. His words have their own timetable. God's words have their own timetable. Our part is the trusting. God's part is the timing. Let me encourage you any promise in God's word. God's part is the timing. Our part is the trusting. You take one promise, take one of the 7000 promises of God's word that I am the Lord who heals you or my God shall supply all your needs or no weapon formed against you shall prosper or I'm going to do this and I'm going to perform this as you ask, believe you have received it and it'll be granted to you. But God's timing isn't our timing and we got to get we got to stop getting caught up in the limitations of time and trust God. Our part is the trusting. God's part is the timing. If I hadn't learned anything in these last nine months or so, I learned that that I, my part is to, is the trusting. I got frustrated trying to take care of the timing, too, because I can't. But God can and God will. Amen. But this is a very powerful word to rest in this reality. God's words have their own timetable. I respect his words. I respect his promise and they have their own timetable. Now, number three, and I really wanted to get to this one. So I'm glad that we have a few moments left still. I want you to see this. He said, I've made you silent. And from this moment, you're not going to be able to speak. Until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words. This is incredible. The angel Gabriel says to Zacharias, you didn't believe my words, but they're still going to be fulfilled in their own time. You didn't believe my words, so you got to be silent right now. I got I need you to silence your doubts. I need you to silence your fears. I need to silence your opinion right now. We don't want to hear your opinion. We don't want to hear all your, you know, negativity. I'm going to just put silence on that. But I want you to know something. I'm still going to make sure these words come to pass. And this is the point that I wrote down. That God is working in our lives, even when we fail, God is working in our lives, even when we fail, even when we doubt. God is bringing his word to pass. It is astounding to me. That we sometimes get caught up in how much faith that we have to have. And sometimes our faith is working and sometimes it's not. But even Peter. Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan, your intention is not on God's intentions, it's on man's intentions. He said, but when you return, when you turn back, you're going to deny me three times, he said, but when you turn back, 
when you turn back, strengthen your brothers because I've prayed for you. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith would not fail. In other words, even when we doubt, God's still going to back us up. Second Timothy says, even when we're faithless, he remains faithful. Boy, this will bring a calm to your soul. This miracle power of God works in silence. God doesn't need though. There's a place for our words to speak God's word and to declare God's promises. You know that I know that we've talked about that for many, many years together. But God also works miracles in our silence. Where he says, stand back. Time out for you, because your doubt and your and your words aren't helping the situation, but I'm not going to let them stop my your failures, your mistakes, your shortcomings. This amazes me. It brings me so much peace and so much calm. He said, look, God's saying, I'm going to bring my word to pass without hurry, without our hurry, without our worry, without our flurry of activity and effort. You hear this? God is going to bring his word to pass without our activity, without our hurry, our worry, our flurry of trying to get God to do it. God's going to do it anyway. Sometimes our words like Zechariah's reveal our own limitations. Sometimes our words limit us. But silence makes room for the fullness of God's power and the fullness of God's ability to bring his own promise to pass. God's promises have within themselves the ability to bring themselves to pass in the quiet. God is still at work. He never stops working behind the scenes. When we make mistakes, when we blow it, how many times have I blown it? How many times have you blown it? And we thought, oh, it's over for us now. And yet God says, Zachariah, Zacharias, you don't even you don't even get to say anything right now. You're I'm, I'm putting silence on you, but I'm going to bring the word to pass in spite of your mistake, in spite of those negative words, in spite of your failure. Beloved, please hear this, that I'm not encouraging you to live in failure. I'm not encouraging you to live in doubt. I'm not encouraging you to live in unbelief. I'm not encouraging you to challenge God. But what I'm saying is we all do that anyway. We don't have to be encouraged to do it. We end up doing it. We doubt we fail. We say things we shouldn't have said. We don't align our thoughts or our words with God all the time. And if we think that God is so small that he can only bring his word to pass when we get everything lined up, I got news for you. God's not in that box. And if you thought he was in that box, I got news for you. He is jack out of the box and he is never going to be limited by our mistakes. He is never going to be hampered, hindered, limited or controlled by our mistakes. Our mistakes are not in control of God's promises. Our failures are not in control of God's promises. 
God's in control of his promises and he's going to bring it to pass. And he still made sure that Elizabeth got pregnant and he still made sure that Zacharias and Elizabeth brought John the Baptist into this world. And he still made sure God still made sure that they were there to encourage Mary when the baby leaped in her womb. God made sure that his promise came to pass in spite of Zacharias's mistakes, in spite of his imperfections, in spite of your mistakes, in spite of your failures, in spite of your shortcomings. God's promises are still going to come to pass. Does that mean we don't have anything to do with it? Yes, we don't have anything to do with it except to believe that God is still faithful when we don't believe. If you got to believe anything right now, if you can believe anything, if I'm asking you to believe anything, it's this believe that God is faithful even when you're not. Believe that God is watching over his word to perform it even when you can't. Believe that God is going to make sure that his promises come to pass in your life, in your family, even when your faith falters, his faith in you won't. When your faith fails, his faith in you won't. When your faith weakens, his faith in you won't. When your faith is rattled, his faith in you will never be. If we would just sit back and take a moment and trust in the silent times, trust in the moments when it seems like God is silent and trust when it seems like even I can't say the right words at the right time. I'm going to trust in silence that God is going to keep his promise. Would you just take a moment with me and just let our team minister to you in an appropriate song to to worship God at this moment as we worship him with this holy moment of silent night and with just let them minister to you. Jump in anytime you want, but just be silent for a moment and let this wash over your soul that God is going to work and bring to pass his promises, even when our faith falters, even when we're silent, even in our weakest time, even when we've let him down. Trust him today. It's going to be all right. Let's worship. Hey. 
beautiful silent night in the silence God is working still behind the scenes God is working still he's bringing his word to pass in your life you know usually at this time in our candlelight service we blow out the candles but I feel like this year 2020 we're leaving all the candles lit because you know what the Bible says that a flickering wick uh, he will not extinguish a dimly burning wick. Yes, a yeah. dimly burning wick. He will not snuff out. And he's working right now to set things right. Isaiah 42 verse three says he's going to set things right. Your situation matters to God. Family situation matters to God. This moment in time matters to God. And the fact that we're celebrating the birth of Jesus is proof that he will always keep his promise because he sent his son to prove his love, to prove his promises will never fail in your life. So keep your candle lit. God's keeping it lit. He's not going to put you out. Your greatest days are your next days. And the light is going to the light of God's love and the light of his words are going to carry you on. Now, if you've never received Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, can we pray with you right now? Would you just pray with us out loud? If you've never received him as your savior and Lord, today is your day. This is your miracle night. This is the night to be born again. This is the night when Jesus is born inside of you. Just pray this out loud. Heavenly Father, that's it. Just say that Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my savior and Lord. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. From this moment forward, I'm a child of God. Amen. You know, it's that simple. Jesus did all the work. All this left for you to do is simply to receive him. Sometimes you're going to doubt. Sometimes you're going to wonder. That's okay. He's not leaving because you doubted. He's not taking back his promise because you doubted. He is watching over his word to perform it in this earth and to perform it in your life live in a moment of silence uh, in the silent times. He's with you in the silent times. He's working. Don't be afraid. God is listening. He hears you. He loves you and he's working on your behalf to bring to pass all of his will for your life. Merry Christmas, everybody. We love you. We'll be here tomorrow morning That's right. to worship Can't Jesus wait. with you and to celebrate the beautiful birth, the beauty of our Savior. So we sure do. We love you guys. We'll see you then. God bless.